All right, let's go. All right, you good? Yep. All right, great. Okay. All right. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Threes of Crowd podcast with your host, Trey Gant. Um, welcome back, man. Uh, I know it's been a minute uh, since we recorded. Uh, had a lot going on, man, uh, with life and, and all this stuff that's going on with COVID and, and sports. So uh, appreciate you guys, you know, tuning back in with us. Uh, we're going to be more consistent from now on. Uh, like I said, I have some hiccups there. So welcome back. Welcome back to the show. Uh, got my co-host here, Trevion. How you doing, man? Doing great, bro. Doing great. That's good, man. That's good. So what we're going to uh, get into today, man, we're just going to go ahead and discuss game one of the finals. Uh, like I said, we've been uh, watching the NBA playoffs, so don't think we haven't. Um, so like I said, we're going to discuss game one of the finals that the Suns won over the Bucks. Uh, we also are going to discuss uh, Miss Racist Nichols um, and her comments that she had uh, regarding, you know, uh, Maria Taylor and her ascension in the ESPN network. And then lastly, we're going to try to fix the Los Angeles Lakers, man. A uh, team that got knocked out in the first round. Uh, so we're going to try to help Ron Braun and company um, see if we can maybe get him his, uh, what, fifth ring. So uh, we're going to go ahead and try to fix the Lakers uh, on our last segment. Go ahead and get started um, with uh, our first topic, which is the uh, Bucks and Suns uh, game one. So I'm going to let you start it off, uh, Trey. Uh, just kind of your overall thoughts on the game. And uh, are there like any adjustments that you see that the Bucks or Suns need to move, uh, make, you know, moving towards game two? Uh, definitely. For one, I saw earlier on Undisputed, Chris Broussard had made the point that uh, that the Bucks honestly just can't guard Phoenix. And I'm not sure if that's necessarily true. I feel like, for one, the elephant in the room, like, you have to get Brooke Lopez off the floor. I'm Absolutely. sorry. It sounds, it sucks because it's the NBA Finals, but I, I'm just not sure how much he can really play. And he's going to have to only be able to really be available in spots or you're only going to be able to put him on the court in spots because Booker and Chris Paul are abusing that switch and I will say this at least Bud wasn't doing so much of that drop coverage that he did with with uh, Trey Young but they were just allowing Lopez to get switched on the guards all night and I just don't understand that whatsoever you honestly just have to fight over the screens and recover because that's your best chance because you can't just keep allowing you can't keep allowing what what you let go off in, in game one, where Chris Paul is just icing with him every time down the floor, and he's getting to his spot, and he's getting those pull ups in the mid range all game. Like you're just gonna lose if that's the kind of looks that Booker and Chris Paul are gonna get. Number two, one thing me and you have discussed numerous times, Giannis has to play the five, bro. He has to play the five. He honestly has to, and. Even though, first of all, he's superhuman because I've never seen someone's knee do anything like that and they be <laughs> back on the floor. In a week. Right, right, right. With no major injury. That That is crazy, number one. Number two, if you really, like, watch that game, first of all, he was attacking the room. That's why I, I, I love Giannis. I'm not, like, he's not my favorite player, but how can you not like him? He's fearless, relentless. He's still attacking the rim. He wasn't being super passive. He was being a little bit smarter with the way he was attacking the rim due to the injury, but he was going mm-hmm. right at eight and was having success. So that should tell Bud, Coach uh, Budenholzer, I should, I'm, I'll say his name, okay? You need <laughs> to play him at the five, bro, for extensive minutes because that's going to be your best bet. And then another thing I, before I turn it off to you, 
turn on you. Drew Holiday has to step up, bro. Yeah, like four fourteen. Like, bro, if I'm Giannis, I might swing on him in that locker room, bro. I'm out here playing. My knee went backwards last week, and you up in here doing this, bro. Like, come on now. Like, they. I feel like they owe it to Giannis because throughout this entire playoffs, they, Giannis has been getting criticized crazy this whole playoffs. He's been fairly consistent, and he keeps attacking. Even with the free throws, the jump shooting, he doesn't quit. Like that's why I like him. He's relentless and he doesn't care what anybody says. He's gonna give him he's gonna give maximum effort. So Drew Holiday, you owe it to the best player on your team, the leader, the guy who is playing after what just happened to him last week. You owe it to him to play better, bro. Like, period. And yeah, that, no, that's definitely. my take. No, I definitely agree with you on that. I, I think but yeah, I think the adjustment moving forward for the Bucks, especially. Um, like I said, is Brooke Lopez. He just can't play a lot of minutes in this series, and like you said, it does suck because that's the finals. But in the playoffs, it's about matchups, and it's just he's unplayable against these point guards with the type of defense they like to play with this drop coverage. And like you said, we saw it time after time. Booker and CP3 campaign when he got in the game. They're just gonna. Find him on the switch. If they're going to continue to switch or play that drop coverage, they're just going to run pick and roll, pick and roll until they get Brook Lopez to screen. You know, it's as simple as that. It's the same thing that they did against the Lakers in, in round one with Cameron Payne. All they would do is wait for uh, Mark Gasol to get in the game, and then all they did was just run pick and roll on him until Frank Vogel was forced to take him out. Like, right. When those guys are just flat-footed and just don't have the speed uh, to keep up with ball handlers, I think you just have to take them out. Like I said, what I would do is, you know, my starting lineup uh, going into game two uh, would be uh, Drew Holiday, uh, Middleton, Bobby Portis, Giannis, and then, you know, you could throw whoever you want in. At PJ? That. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, PJ. Yeah. I'd throw PJ out there. So, you know, like I said, Gian- uh, Holiday at the one, you know, Middleton at the two, PG at the three, Bobby at the four, and Giannis at the five. Or, or know, real quick, you could even go, um, I always forget his name. The white guy, athletic white guy, shoots threes in the corner. What's his name again? <laughs> oh, Connington? Connington, yeah. I would even try to line up with him out there, honestly, if you just need more offensively because Drew's giving you nothing. Yeah, I, no, most definitely. I, I could see that. Um, I just think they want to keep him on the bench. Uh, but yeah, no, they, but they just, the point of the matter is they have to go small, literally, and put Giannis at the five or Bobby Portis at the five. But that really kind of changed the series against Trey Young and the Hawks, uh, because Bobby could actually move his feet on the perimeter, even though he did get baked in game one, he did, but he put up a better <laughs> effort. He put up a much better effort than Brooke Lopez did on the switches. Um, so I definitely think the Suns, they played a pretty good game, you know, um, Chris Paul, you know, he did his usual thing. Uh, he gave you 32 points on 12 or 19 shooting, nine assists. Uh, Booker gave you 27. Um, he didn't shoot particularly well from the three-point line, but also gave you six assists. You know, DeAndre Ayton was a monster. 22 points, 19 rebounds. He also took uh, a lot of end-of-quarter threes. Yeah, yeah. Booker, that's I think he took like three of them. He kind of messed up his percentage there. Uh, Michael Bridges had a solid game with 14. Uh, Jay Crowder didn't do anything over eight from the field <laughs> <laughs> at one point, but uh, I guess he did what he needed to do. Well, on the Bucks end, you know, Chris Middleton gave you 29, a lot of garbage time points. Uh, Giannis, 20, you know, Brooke Lopez, 17. Uh, Drew Holiday, like I said, 4, 14, 10 points. That's just not going to get it done. Um, 
So I think the Bucks, like I said, I think going into game two also, I think the Bucks have to play with more pace. I think uh, they actually outscored the Suns with Giannis on the court. Um, so I think with Giannis playing a little bit more minutes, you know, trusting his injury a little bit more, I think they can make game two more competitive. I still think the Suns win game two because I think they'll just have home court. Uh, but I just think, you know, the, the Bucks need to play with more pace because the Suns have an excellent half-court defense. And obviously, we all know you don't want Giannis in the half-court because of his offensive limitations. So they've got to get him out in a fast break and get those three-point snipers going. So, you know, we'll see for game two. Um, like I said, I'm going with Suns game two. Who, who you got? I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Suns game two as well. Um, okay. It's definitely going to be a closer game. I would say probably I, I give Suns by Suns by nine. Suns by, by seven. nine. Yeah, I, I was thinking that too. I think there's going to be if I had to give a prediction on the score, I'm gonna go one hundred three. I'm gonna go one hundred three ninety two Suns. So I think they get them a what? What's that? An 11, 11 point victory. So. Yeah, I'm going to go 103-92 for the Suns. So, uh, I think they get game two. Uh, but I, this series is far from over. Like I said, the series doesn't start until someone oh, goes definitely. home floor. So, you know, don't You don't, never know don't with Middleton and uh, Holiday. Like I, yeah, because yeah, uh, Middleton may turn into prime Michael Jordan in game two. We, yep. we have no idea. Yep. So, um, so, like I said, shout out to the Suns for winning game one. Um, they definitely played like a boys team. So, we're going to go ahead and get into this next topic here, man, with uh, Miss uh, Rachel Nichols, but we're going to call her Racist Nichols for this segment. Um, has some interesting comments regarding uh, the extension of Maria Taylor. Uh, basically, ESPN, for you guys that don't know, ESPN was in the bubble last year. They were looking to push Maria Taylor, an African-American woman, towards uh, more of a prominent role on the NBA Finals coverage, uh, which would kind of be an intrusion on Miss Nichols, who had the sideline job for probably the last, what, six to seven years in the Finals. Um, that's kind of her gig, close to the jump. So, uh, but she was called on camera, you know, basically laughing at the idea that Maria Taylor deserved that position. Um, and basically chalked it up to our diversity hire. Um, and laughed at the Black Lives Matter movement, along with Me Too. So uh, she came under fire for that. ESPN has replaced Rachel Nichols for the sideline coverage uh, for this finals. Um, So I just wanted to get your thoughts, one, on her comments, and two, like, do you think this maybe speaks to a, a larger issue of, like, white colleagues and black spaces when it comes to sports? Like, do you think we need to have more honest conversations about, you know, what's going on in these people's minds. Yes. Uh, like, so got to choose my words carefully here. Number one, I thought it was insane to hear the audacity, like in her tone or just her, just, just her energy in general, as if Maria Taylor hadn't, you know, worked her ass off to get to this point or at least was credible enough to, to, I don't want to say take that position, but, you know, be in that position during the NBA Finals. She's a person who actually played the game of basketball. And honestly, the the amount of media members not having the correct or just just having a large, 
got to choose more carefully here. Uh, <laughs> just not knowing the game. The amount of media members that don't know the game, just it, it's it's too much. There's too many of them who don't know what they're talking about. Who don't like one thing I always say to you. A lot of people watch the games, but they don't know what they're really watching. So when they get on TV and they make these points, they sound great to the average person who also doesn't watch, but just sees a box score. But for the the fanatic or the purist or the person who actually hoops themselves, that's why there's always a constant conflict between the two. And people are saying, like, what are you talking about? Especially between different types of fans. Now, that's for a topic for, you know, another time. But I just thought it was interesting how, like, we have, to, as black people, you have to choose, you have to be careful, not just only uh, in sports or anything, but just in life. You have to be careful with who you see as your ally. Because a lot of these people, you know, when it's convenient for them and it's like a movement and it feels like something to be a part of, you know, they're open and willing to, to you know, quote unquote, be an ally or a voice and speak up for what's right and wrong. But behind closed doors, they're really, you know, no different from the same from the people that are part of the, a part of the problem. Like LeBron James is a spokesperson. That that was wild to me hearing that. Like oh, between Me Too and you know Black Lives Matter, I'm exhausted. And especially at that point in time when the like, if you really think about when that stuff happened last year, right? Mm-hmm. That was that recordings from last year. To say that then. That is crazy to me. That is crazy. Yeah. And it just and, and shows... Nothing, and, nothing and, control. I just want to let people know the name of the guy, LeBron's spokesperson, that was that was on camera. Well, not on camera, but in this leaked audio with Rachel was uh, Adam Mendel, Mendelson. So uh, just in case you guys wanted to Google you know, who he was. So go ahead. But just after everything that was going on last year, for those comments that come out of his mouth, and I'm not excusing it as if, like, say if it happened... This video is from last week, and someone could say, "Oh, I'm uh, I'm fatigued from these things." It still doesn't make it okay, but somebody else might be able to reason with that. I still wouldn't. But the fact that we're that that was literally in the middle of everything going on last year, and that's what you Mm -hmm. had to say. That's what you opened up your mouth to say. As two people who literally make a living from covering a predominantly black sport, you know what I'm saying? Like that's. That that is insane to me. And last but no, actually not. That's I, I got a couple things. Uh, number two, man. The fact that she still has a job is crazy to me. I'm not gonna lie. I think it's. I think people are saying like, you know, oh, that doesn't mean have to mean like Adam Silver. Oh, that doesn't mean she she has to lose her job. Well, I I don't know because we we got rid of Paul Pierce. Yeah, for having strippers on IG Live and people asking where Rachel and Nichols doing what he's doing within the comfort of his own home. Right, not on company time. Yeah. Not on company time. Don't tell me it's because he smokes weed. Matt Barnes smokes weed openly every day. Yeah. Um, posts on Instagram videos while he rants and does other things. A shout out to Matt Barnes. I actually like him a little bit. Mad at him for how he spoke up for Rachel. But that, that's just I don't know. It's a little yeah, bit odd to me that, that she yeah. still has a job. But number two. ESPN, or no, number three, ESPN, y'all think y'all slick because y'all chose very wisely. Y'all chose the black man y'all put next to Rachel very wisely. Both of them, mm-hmm. uh, super, super fans of LeBron. All three of them, you know, got ties together. All of them, good friends with, you know, LeBron, super fans, stuff like that. And I'm not going to say it, but 
y'all just chose y'all chose those black men wisely. You didn't put Jalen Rose next to her because I guarantee he wouldn't have said that. Hell, Jalen Rose probably wouldn't even talk, wouldn't even go up there and do that. Yeah, uh, you know, he was Chauncey, supporting Maria Taylor, so I, I, yeah, I, I Chauncey's gone. Chauncey wouldn't sit up there doing that. Uh, I don't know what Stephen A. would do. I would hope he wouldn't do that because he was acting funny over the Colin Kaepernick situation. So you don't even know what you're gonna get from him. Sometimes I don't know. Yeah. Sometimes I don't know about him. But the amount of black men, especially like pro athletes, that are sticking up and standing up for her and saying she, uttering the words she did nothing wrong, is insane to me. And it just shows two things: either they're that out of touch, or honestly, the money just makes them not care. And I understand right. no one's asking Perkins to go up there and literally shame and condemn her and lose his job and not have a way to feed his family and all the other stuff. I understand that. But ain't no way in hell you should be up there talking and apologizing longer than her. <laughs> right. Like you oh, did something wrong. Rachel's always been good to me. And bro, we don't nobody want to hear that. Hold her accountable because she's wrong. Right. That's all I'm asking. You got the rest, bro. Nah, nah, I'm, I'm right there with you. And I, and I kind of got a lot to say on the subject as well. For me, number one, I'm disappointed, like I said, in her comments. That's number one. Uh, there's no room for that. I'm also disappointed in um, ESPN uh, for not uh, at least giving her a suspension. You know, if you're not going to fire her, sus- uh, suspend her. Um, also, what I would like to say about that as well is regarding actually Stephen A. Smith is to me, ESPN is real hypocritical about this because they wanted to suspend not only the Paul Pierce situation, but back in 2000, I want to say 13 or 14, Ray Rice video came out. Uh, Stephen A. Smith had some, you know, controversial comments where basically he was saying like, you know, he doesn't condone domestic violence, but you know, sometimes, you know, when women like basically get men's faces that, you know, um, sometimes that may provoke them to do it some the thing Ray Rice did, you know, right. and forgot about that. And, yeah, and Stephen A got a two week suspension for that. Now, mind you, so he got a two week suspension for something that is basically a vague area of what he said. And also, Stephen A. Smith, this wasn't a a recording. He said it on live TV. He wasn't running from anything. He wasn't trying to be sneaky about it. And what's crazy is all these athletes, the Perkins. You know, even though they won't ESPN, but uh, Matt Barnes, uh, Steven Jackson, Rich, all these people that are coming to Rachel Nichols' defense, not one of them has Stephen A's back in that situation. A black man at ESPN. The only people that had Stephen A's back in that situation was Carrie Champion, who hosted the show at the time before Molly, and Skip. They were the only two people that got on TV and said, yeah, you know, what Stephen A. Smith said was kind of wrong, but, you know, we support our brother because we know what type of person he is and we know, like, the intentions of him and we know he has good intentions. Right. Like, nobody else at ESPN raised a hand to, to in their defense of Stephen A. Smith to say, hey, man, you know, y'all treating Stephen A. wrong, man. He didn't even mean it like that. But they right. real quick to jump on Rachel Nichols, somebody that they barely even know like that, to be like, oh yeah, Rachel is a great person. And like I said, I don't know how Rachel Nichols treats them, but just the the look of black men defending someone that has said those type of comments over a black woman, and basically laughing, like I said, laughing at the Black Lives Matter Especially movement. as a, oh, sorry, not, but no, especially as a white woman. Exactly. You have to, 
that that behavior cannot be tolerated at any yep. level. That has to be addressed, and she has to be held accountable for that. Yep, most definitely. And like I said, that's to me the the biggest error that they have with this situation is one Maria Taylor. To me, she should have been forced to say Maria Taylor's name by by name, not just oh I respect my colleagues here at ESPN. Oh no, she no. said her name. She said her name. Oh okay. Let's say like she should be held accountable for that. And like I said, this goes into a larger issue with people like Rachel Nichols because these are the people that feed the narrative that you you see on social media, you see on Twitter, you see on Instagram, you see on Facebook. She has a finals pe- MVP vote. She exactly. has a All NBA vote. Yep. How the hell does she have these things with no yep. background in basketball? Right. And so all NBA votes. And so I hope this is a wake-up call to the athletes as well that do interviews with Rachel Nichols, that that do uh, sit-downs with her, to know this is the... What do you say? Like, when someone tells you who they are, you believe them. It's as simple as that. She showed you her true colors in that interview, laughing at a a black woman. Basically, like you said, uh, I think the word you're looking for is like arrogance. The arrogance of her saying, oh, there's no way Maria Taylor actually deserved that on her own merit. She only got the job because we need more black people here and ESPN has done a bad job with diversity. So that's the only reason why I'm getting considered for this position. Not that... Not that she's covered WNBA. Not that she's also covered NBA. Not that she's also covered college football and, and women's basketball. Not not that she's qualified for it. And not that and she played also the sport. played yeah, knows, the sport. Played the sport. Knows exactly what she's talking about. She's personable. Knows knows the sport. Knows how to talk. And the fact that you scoff at that is almost like, oh, there's no way that she she deserves this opportunity. is is not good. And, like I said, to me, should have been suspended for at least a week. Oh, basically for the finals. Because after that, the NBA doesn't really have anything going on until free agency. Right. So she should have been suspended, at least to set the point, the precedent, that this stuff is not acceptable. And to Adam Silver's comment about, well, one one comment shouldn't you know deter a whole person's career. Okay, if that's the case, then why does Donald Sterling, why did Donald Sterling not keep the Clippers because all Donald Sterling said was, I don't uh, uh, keep black people from coming to my games. Like, hey, I don't mind them, you know, I don't mind them playing for me, but I don't like them at my games. If right. that's the case, why does why didn't you let Donald Sterling keep the Clippers? If it's one bad comment, shouldn't shouldn't sway a person's career, right? Right. Like, come on, come on, Adam Silver. You know good and well if if LeBron James had said, oh well, uh, you know. Uh, this uh, Me Too movement is pretty crazy, you know. Ha ha ha. Uh, yeah, you guys would have his head on a platter, like, or any player for that matter, to joke about Me Too or or, or any racism. You guys would have their head on the platter. But yeah, it's okay they jumped for, on. They jumped on him about the China thing. The China situation, exactly. So, but it's okay for Rachel Nichols to just ha 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 dismiss it. So. Like I said, for ESPN, I was very disappointed in their force of action. I was very disappointed in Richard Jefferson and Kendra Perkins. Uh, Kendra Perkins talking like a, a good old boy slave. Oh, you know, Rachel did real good to me. Massa. Yeah, Massa like, never did me wrong. Yeah, Massa never did me wrong. I, I eat good in the big house. Like, come on, Perkins. Like, you don't, better don't, than that. don't speak at all if that's what you're going to do. Exactly. Gonna 
you know what I'm if you're going to be counterproductive to what's already going on and everything right. like you know that that behavior just can't be tolerated at any level so now yep. you're setting a precedent that hey as long as I'm cool with the black folk they going you know what I'm saying behind the scenes yep. and then, you know I'm I'm hanging out with them and I'm putting in the work for them hey some shit goes wrong for me excuse my language they hey they going to cover up for me right and that's also I want to say to our white friends the people like I said I have white friends or white coworkers Whoever is listening to this podcast, if you're not black, if you are white, or if you're, you know, not a, a, per, a black person, the best thing you can do if you want to be part of the, the movement, be an ally, is be an ally. So point blank simple. Don't, don't, don't half do it. If you don't want to be an ally, don't be an ally. We don't need you to be an ally. But if, what you're not going to do, what we don't want you to do is fake it. Don't fake it till you make it. Right. If you're about that life, be about that life. But don't, if you're not about that life, if you don't believe in it, that's fine. I'd rather a person tell me who they are at the beginning than me find out later on. And right now, the people that associate with Rachel Nichols, people of color, have now found out her true colors. Now, how they determined to move on or, 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 or navigate around Rachel Nichols after, after this, that's up to them. But I know if I'm a person of color at ESPN, even someone like Molly Carroll, who's not white and and as the woman of color in that situation i'm looking at rachel nichols funny like okay like so did i not deserve first take because uh you know i'm a person of color like you know i'll be if i'm a woman there i'll be looking at rachel nichols funny too like in all types of form like so did right. none of us deserve a spot because we're all diversity hires quote unquote you know so um, Rachel Nichols, like I said, she got some explaining to do. Um, she's not invited to the cookout, so don't try that nonsense. Um, so, like I said, I hope ESPN uh, is able to properly punish her uh, because this is unacceptable. So, we're going to go ahead and leave Rachel Nichols um, in the past um, like she leaves black people in the past. So, we're going to go ahead and do that. And then our final segment, uh, before we get off here, uh, we're going to go ahead and try to fix these LA Lakers, man. Um a team that kind of got derailed by injuries, but also um, I think they weren't going very far this year anyway um, with LeBron and just AD and their supporting cast. So um, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on the Lakers season overall. We did kind of touch into it in one of our uh, just kind of what would be some targets for LA, um, you know, free agency or trade that you'd be looking into. And then also just are there anything – I guess, uh, on the roster already that you think can upgrade them to, to contend for a championship next year? Number one, they've got to get something at that point guard spot. Um, they got shooter, man. I, I don't think... Well, <laughs> we'll see what happens with him because I'm not sure if he's going to be able to command that money from any team, especially with how he went out in the playoffs, unlike Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, if he wants to, can leave and probably get paid that shooter money. Okay. But uh, Orlando... Right. The thing for the Lakers, man, they, they like the DeRozan stuff. Yeah, that's cool. But LeBron's going to be 37. AD has not really shown the ability to consistently be healthy for long periods of time. And it's kind of it's kind of crazy because he's what, 27, 28 now? 20, he'd be 27. Yeah, I think 27. Yeah. That is kind of crazy for a player that young to constantly miss this this many games and not be reliable okay so i i'm just i don't know year one with the lakers was pretty good i 
I'm not sure if the bubble or you know. Well, if, they got five months to rest yeah, before the COVID bubble. COVID helped him. Yeah, that's what happened. So I don't know, but LeBron's only going, only getting older. So if you're the Lakers, bro, you gotta go all in. I'm telling you, if if possible, and it's a stretch. I'm I'm asking, I'm calling Portland. I'm like, yo, or I'm getting on the phone with Dame, and I'm just asking, like, bro, please, will you come here? Will you force your way here? Honestly, because I just don't see a scenario where the Lakers are going to be able to beat the Nets next year. I mean, if if they actually had to play the Clippers, I think the Clippers would have beaten them. Denver's getting Murray back. Michael Porter's only getting better, which I think he's really the missing piece to the storm that they got coming over there. Phoenix, we'll see what happens. I don't know if Chris Paul will. Obviously, Booker and Aiden will get better, but I don't know how the Chris Paul situation is going to go. Golden State's coming back next year. And I don't know, man. I, the DeRozan thing doesn't do it for me, bro. If, if it was me, I'm going all in for Dame. That, that's 100%. I'm, I'm going all in for Dame, and we're just going to figure the rest out from there because you're well, going to need a well, big if you're If you're Portland, what are you, what are you getting for Dame? If, if, if he says, I only want to go to the Lakers. What, what are you asking for? I need I need KCP. I need THT. Go ahead and give me Kuzma. We have like they have no forwards over there, so or no wings, I should say. Do they have any picks left? I mean, I mean AD deal. I think they got no. Nah, I mean, they got this what seventeenth pick this year, 20, 22nd pick this year, so they could throw that in there. Throw that in there. I need somebody else. I need one more guy. I'd probably ask for Caruso too. Out to give me Montrez. I'd ask for Caruso, but yeah, you got Montrez. I I need I need all four of them, and I need a pick, bro. And yeah. y'all figure out how to supplement the rest of that roster. Okay, I a, got a I got a which, proposal for you. Would, would you trade Would you trade Anthony Davis for James Harden? Yeah, but you know the Nets aren't doing that. Um, I thought about that. Katie's not letting that happen. You you wouldn't trade you wouldn't you wouldn't trade harder for AD if you did that. No, AD don't play. (laughs) Harden gonna be in shape this year, that's for sure. He just had to get out of Houston. I hope so. But nah, I I agree with you. I I definitely think they need shooting. That's number one. They they just need shooting. Uh, a Buddy Hill would be nice. Yeah, Buddy Hill would be nice. Uh, Otto Porter would be okay. Uh, I'm not a big. I hate Demar Derozan on that team because he can't shoot threes. Um, you know, Skip said that uh, the stat today that he was <laughs> he was the worst three point shooter out of qualified shooters this year uh, from the three point line. He shot 23% from the three point line. Um, so that doesn't fix what you need. Um, so they need shooting, like I said, Buddy Hill. Um, you know, if I'm looking at the trade market, obviously Dame is probably the ultimate goal. Um, but really, when you really look at it, it's pretty much Dame or bust. I mean, I don't know any other star that may be trying to force their way out right now that the Lakers could possibly get their hands on. I mean, maybe you call. The Bulls and, and see, try to get Zach. 
yeah, see what you can maybe muster up to get Levine. If Levine says, you know, I'm tired of losing and you know I want to go to a contender. Uh, but other than that, I mean, besides Levine in Chicago, I mean, I can't really think of another star or budding superstar on a, a bad team that you can really offer. Do you to reach get... out to OKC for Kemba or see if Kemba gets bought out? <sighs> see, if, I mean, if I'm the Lakers, if I'm going to go for OKC, I know they wouldn't do it, but I'd look for SGA. You know, I'd want Gildress Alexander over Kemba. I would too, but I just don't see them. Kemba, uh-huh. see, Kemba, Kemba would be nice for them, but Kemba just, once again, it doesn't it doesn't to me. He's another shooter. Like, he feels like a lateral move, right? He, yeah, he can get to the paint, create, but one, he's not the defender shooter, is, so you're definitely losing that on defense. And then two, once again, you need shooting because look at their roster right now. Their roster constructed is shooter at the one, Caldwell Pope at the two, LeBron at the three, AD at the four, and Andre Drummond at the five. So. LeBron is a streaky shooter if we're being nice. Uh, Anthony Davis is not a shooter. He's a scorer from the four position. He's not a knockdown shooter. Drummond obviously can't shoot. Caldwell Pope, you never know what you're going to get from him. The, the bubble looks like an aberration. And Dennis Schroeder, is a, he's a penetrator. He's not a, a, a shooter. So when LeBron is in the game, he has two people just sitting in the paint with AD and right. Drummond. He's got Caldwell Pope, who he don't know if he's going to hit or not. And then Schroeder is not really a three-point shooter. So LeBron's best attribute is driving and kicking. Well, if he's driving and the paint's clogged, and then he's kicking out to Caldwell Pope to brick it up, and, you know, Dennis Schroeder is looking to get the ball, and he wants to prove that he's on. So he's not looking to pass. I just, to me, the Lakers are in trouble. I really and do. And then even when... They go big. Like, Drummond is not a good finisher around the rim, bro. Nope. He's really not, bro. Like, I don't know what he would have to say, come off the I'm bench. I'm just telling you what I see, bro. He would have <laughs> to come off the bench. Like, I, he just can't start. No, It's no. just simple as that. AD needs to start and be the five. I don't I don't know why he won't, but he could literally dominate at the five, really. That's not happening. He, Like I said, he told the Lakers. That's not his Gobert can't five. deal with him. No, but he like I said, he just he doesn't want to play the five full time. So they would have to get, they would have to get a uh, one. If you're going to get a five, it has to be a stretch five to allow AD to operate in the paint. So I don't, you know, you would have to get a true stretch five. You know, that's why they thought Mark Gasol could be a help. Lopez but, would know. be great for them, honestly. Brooke Lopez would be freaking amazing. Yeah, well, like you know, it's kind of funny because uh, Brooke Lopez was on the team and uh, Magic Johnson gave him away, so. You know, that's uh, shout out to Magic, man. Uh, what a great GM, you know. Uh, get rid of Brook Lopez for nothing, but that's all right. Um, you know, like I said, you look at the the free agent market, it's not great. Um, so I don't know where they go because the, the pick is not very valuable. You look at the free agents really coming up. As far as shooters go, I mean, you got, like I said, Otto Porter, yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr. would be a good pickup, but I think he's going to get a lot of money from some team. Um, I don't think Lakers fans want Danny Green back. Um, after the way Kelly Oubre shot this year, I don't think people want Kelly Oubre. Do you want Kyle Lowry? No, absolutely not. Once again, I'd rather keep Schroeder if that's the case. Uh, 
Spencer Dinwiddie, like, okay. Um, Justice Winslow, okay. I just, no. I just, I, <laughs> the Lakers, hey, boy, I just. JJ Reddick is 37. <laughs> hey, do you try to steal um, Patty Mills? Like. Yeah, but once again, he doesn't, to me, he doesn't. I'd rather have Schroeder. Like, I just, I, I don't think you're, you're actually downgrading. And then also, to me, they need a wing that can shoot. You know, point guard, I think Schroeder would be fine if they had a consistent wing. Like, if they could, I know that, like, a guy like Lonzo would be great for them. Um, yeah, but Lonzo's going to command way too much money, so. Yeah. Lori Marketing would be great for them. Um, Malik Monk? Malik Monk would be good. Um, you know, Reggie Bullock, the way he shot this year for the Knicks. Um, that's the guy I'd be looking into. Good Lord. Uh, Wayne Ellington is still in the league. I'm sorry, y'all. I did not know that. I really <laughs> didn't. I, I promise you I didn't. He can shoot, though. Um, yeah, uh, They know, need to see if they can get Dwight back. I'm not going to lie. No, they need a backup center. Yeah, that, no, well, uh, Phoenix needs to get Dwight. Um, yeah, I would love to see Phoenix with Dwight. That would be nice. Yeah, but yeah, so like I said, uh, Tory Craig, who got put on his butt by a half spin. Uh, so yeah, you know, so looking at the free agent market, it's not great for the Lakers. Um, but like I said, um, they need shooting. So that's the first thing I would look for to, to fix the Lakers is to get shooting. Uh, Try to get a superstar, like I said, try to get Dame if possible. If that's not the case, you know, try to get you a secondary star or somebody like Zach Levine. Oh, I got you. I got you. Who? Gary Trent Jr. Yeah. But see, Portland may say, we're going to sign him and use him in the deal to, you know, maybe they try to get something back. You know what I'm saying? They send him with Dame, you know. That's true. Well, we'll see. Lakers fans, man, you got to go all in for Dame, bro, honestly, because all these these shooters and all – LeBron's not 27 anymore, bro. He's going to be 37. So you need a guy who can be there consistently through 82 games and can also take over at some point. I think LeBron's looking to kind of not have to do this every night and kind of just do it in, in spots. And I think he wants one more ring really bad. Yeah. No, I definitely agree. Like I said, I just like that. To me, it's Dane Levine on bust as far as superstar goes or star players go. Right. Um, because, you know, those are the type of guys that can consistently carry a team. Um, I just, like I said, if, if you're getting those type of guys, like I said, if I'm the Bulls, you know, I'm like, hey, I want Anthony Davis. <laughs> so, like, that would be my comment. And the Lakers would probably hang up on me, but that's just something. You want my superstar, I want yours. Um, so, you know, Good I Lord. just, yeah, you know, and if I'm Portland, if he says he wants to force his way to LA, you know, that's great. No, you're going to Orlando. So, um, yeah, King Petty over here. <laughs> don't, don't demand trades on my team. I've seen you to the worst destination possible. Uh, <laughs> so, but, uh, that's going to be all for today's show, man. I uh, appreciate you guys tuning in. Like I said, we're going to be more consistent with these. Um, like I said, just have some life events going on. So, uh, like I said, thank you guys for tuning in to the Freezer Crowd Podcast. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at baby underscore Jesus 14. And where can they follow you at on Twitter, Trey? At underscore and Trey we trust. 
All right, awesome. So, like I said, go ahead and give us a follow on Twitter. Um, also, follow the, uh, the Threes of Crowd podcast uh, page as well. Um, like I said, if you have any questions um, on future topics, um, shoot us a DM. Uh, we're glad to try to discuss them on the show. But like I said, um, uh, please like, rate, and subscribe on this. Uh, please leave us a five-star review on Apple. Helps us get into the recommended podcast. So, uh, once again, thank you guys for tuning in. And until next time, we out. Peace.